on this week's 200th Kent Non-League Podcast. They've done it at last. We hear from Dover boss Andy Hessentyler after his side win for the first time this season. No, they're jumping up and down in there. You know, they, you know, they, they didn't really want me at all. They wanted to put their music on and didn't want to hear my voice. And we catch up with Cray Wanderers manager Grant Basie after his side were beaten 2-0 at Lewis. Coming completely blind and fresh-eyed on the situation and but I thought we've been doing all right. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's milestone episode of the Kent Only Podcast sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. It's a special show for us, our 200th no less. Bless be honest, all of our planned celebrations have been put in the shade by Dover finally getting their first win of the season last night. We'll have a reaction from that and more interviews during the show as well. I'm John Phipps, back from Spain, refreshed and ready for the third hundred. And alongside me, literally, is the man whose dreams finally came true on Tuesday night. All other intro ideas scrapped, because finally, I can say it's a man whose team have won this week. Matt Gerard, how are you? I'm speechless of what the last 24 hours have been quite, quite wonderful. Um, yeah, I'm very, very good, John, as people might have known. I'm very excited because Dover have actually won a game of football and it's uh, absolutely brilliant. And then I'm seeing you as well. So, all in all, it's been quite a whirlwind 24 hours. Absolutely. We were uh, sat in a pub beer garden, very conspicuous. I'm looking over my shoulder. People are probably looking at us wondering what on earth we're doing uh, sat over here in this corner of, uh, of, a, of a Canterbury I've beer garden. I've got my pint of champagne I'm drinking. You have, yeah. Um, I suppose Canterbury's quite an appropriate place for us to be given... Uh, the biggest place in, in the county where there's not even a football stadium. Yes, it's, it's quite a nice place, Canterbury. Of course, the issues they've had with that, but it's always nice to come to Canterbury. Lovely little place. Um, nice curry we've just had as well. So, um, all in all, it's a good way to celebrate 200 episodes, John, which is a, a bloody good milestone because I didn't think we'd probably get to two. So there you go. No, I was, I was, that was going to be where I was going to go, actually. Did, did you ever think for a second that we'd make 200 episodes of this ridiculous football show that is, is a very niche product, but, but thankfully, the people that listen to this seem to like it. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Um, 200, when was it, was it 2017, 18, was it? August 2017. 2017, so really, four years, five years coming up. Five years? Yeah. Blimey. Um, no, I, again, I don't know what the listening figures for the first show were, but... But it's grown from there, and we, we appreciate people listening in. And as always, they say, people don't say Kent's a hot bit of football, but clearly it is because there's a lot of club people out there who listen who love their clubs, and uh, we, we really do appreciate 200. Here's to the next 200, John. Won't that be another 10 years? Well, five well, years down the line, five years. years my maths weren't very good there, was it? No, hopefully, we'll get, uh, we'll get more seasons finished rather than because uh, we have obviously this is the fifth season we've done this, and two of them didn't even get finished. No, yeah, that's true. Time. Yeah, so but yeah, we've done well to get 200 episodes in, yes. I have to say. in... in the last two years or so when we haven't got anything when we thought it was going to be riots in the streets and things like that. We haven't had riots in the streets, but we've managed to do a podcast. Yeah, we have. And it's, uh, and it's credit to, to both of us, I suppose, for uh, putting in the hard yards. We were trying to work out how many shows we've actually done together. It's not that many, is it? No, no we did a few when we had the radio show. Again, listen back if you want to know about the radio show. Um, no, maybe half a dozen, maybe t- ten from there. So... We, sit, we don't even see it on a screen because we don't record it. We call it by teams now, as it's the modern technology. If we said that we record it in teams on episode one, we'd look at each other very strangely. But, but we record it on that. But um, so we don't actually see each other. So this is probably the first time we saw each other at Chatham, didn't we, back yep. in July, June, July, was it? Yep. Yeah, because that was a day when Dover announced about hordes of signings. And I said we were going to win the league. So that clearly knows what I was doing. 
um, and half those players have been released and been absolutely crap. So, yeah, so the first time since then, um, it might be another six months before we see each other again, unless against side against the Wembley, of course, or playoff finals. Well, there's plenty of opportunities of that, you never know. Exactly, and now to your left you have a, uh, a copy of the latest 442 magazine, which was going to be your intro until Dover won last night. Uh, and you're mentioned in it, well, you're interviewed in it, and, and this fair show is mentioned. Yes, when I was ill back in December, I had a phone call from a guy from saying they wanted to talk about Dover and the issues they had. So um, on my sickbed, I, I talked about that. Completely forgot about it until you texted me last week saying you're in the thing. And uh, a lot of the things, and I tweeted it out, he says, I mused and I sighed, which is probably quite a lot I've done this season. So yeah, 442, um, you know. I did actually when you did it I went into WH Smith because my wife said buy it I said that's worth that just have a look at it and she did take a picture of it but we couldn't actually read it with it from her picture so I won't be buying it but it's very kind of um, to be there so 442 and of course regular it says I'm a BBC Radio Kent commentator and Kent non-league podcast regular so yeah, there I you go you've undersold yourself there yeah so, yeah, so no, exactly so but yeah it's a very nice article so I've come out quite well. I'm not going to be banned for saying anything too bad. Um, and I clearly can uh, look into the, uh, into the future because I say they'll win a game at some point. And that's actually... That all season on here. Yeah. And, uh, if you've been a long-term listener of the show, you will know that Matt has got previous for going to WH Smiths and reading... Yeah, and getting banned. So uh, I'm glad you didn't get banned from your local WH Which my wife was going to buy. How much is 442 these days? Probably about five, I expect. And I said to that... No, don't worry about buying it. Just have a read of that. She was going to send it to her mum and dad just to... Because they always ask how Dover are going. I've got no interest in football, but uh, um, from that, I think you probably did, but they wouldn't be able to read it. But yeah, four four two. So we you can, know, our you claims. Can take that home. No. You can show your in-laws. Oh, right, that's very kind of I've you. I've got no need for it. We're going in the bin, so you can have it. Oh, thanks, mate. I appreciate that. I will probably frame that, put it on the wall. Then there you go. Thank you very much. Uh, it is our two hundredth episode this week. Of course, there's lots of interesting facts there. It's uh, the number of NASCAR wins by Richard Petty. Nice and round number to finish on. Uh, the amount of money, of course, you get for passing go on Monopoly. Uh, apparently the highest level of cholesterol considered a desirable level corresponding to lower risk for heart disease. So you could be 200 and be happy with that. Uh, also, the 200th episode of South Park got them into a bit of trouble over their depiction of the Prophet Muhammad, which even led to some death threats. So let's hope the next hour or so... Yeah, I don't, oh, yeah I don't think we'll be too worried, too worried about that um, this day and age. But no, yeah, 200 episode. That is... Some shows probably not... Do Friends get 200? Uh, do you know what? I was thinking about it on the way up and I was... Because I was thinking that... A lot of these programmes, they make a big deal with the 100, but they don't make an episode of uh, a big deal of 200. And Friends must have got to 200. Yeah, I would have thought. We've it probably would have seen... been in series 9 or 10, so I'm going to look it up. Did my mate Fraser get the 200? Because I've been watching that back again. Because we found it on, it's on um, Jason Burns, a, a long-term listener. Let me know. It's on E4, or More 4, whatever you know, the... Oh, Four Music. Oh, the, the, one of the channels. So you can actually watch it back. So we're watching that. Did Fraser get the 200 episodes? We've seen the first three again. We've been there a long way to go. 264. Well, Fraser did. Yep. I'm reckon I've seen all of them back in the day because we always remember that. Again, long time listeners all know it's one of my favourite programmes. So now watching that again, uh, that, that's pretty enjoyable for, from there. So that, yeah, Friends must have got 200. Friends did get to 200, but I don't remember the 200th episode. I remember the 100th because the 100th was on which you had the triplets. All right. So maybe they didn't get to 200 then. No, they did because I'm sure. Would well, other programmes? Get to 200. Long, probably presume 200, you're looking at your casualties, your Holbys. The 200th episode was uh, the one with the male nanny, which is a bit nondescript. Really. The manny. Yeah. Yeah. Good um, cracking joke though, to be fair, but that's yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, 200 episodes. Um, yeah, How I Met Your Mother got to 200 and uh, the 200th episode of that was called How Your Mother Met Me 
uh, and it was about how the mother, the mm-hmm. mother's life before they met. Could, we could get to a thousand, couldn't we? Realistically, yeah. But so how long be, would that take? Five, another eight hundred. Another, long time. Another, another, five, another long time. Long time, yeah. Yeah. So we could have all our sides promoted to the Football League by that point, exactly, so, so, yeah. so it could be redundant, this podcast. Absolutely, or they could have all just gone bust, or <laughs> you know, the world could have just uh, sunk. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. Well, yeah we'll, so I'm not saying we will get to our thing. No, don't make any promises. No, that's true. Right, let's get on with the show then. There's, of course, only one place that we can start. Had things got differently, we'd have been sat here discussing, discussing a whole calendar year without a Dover Athletic win. But instead, an Alfie Pavey goal gave the Whites three points against Eastleigh. After losing 5-0 at Solihull on Saturday... A game against a side who thumped them back in September was probably not something Matt was relishing. But it turns out it was the night. Here's boss Andy Hessenthaler speaking to my somewhat giddy co-host after the game. Well, Andy, first of all, congratulations. Yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah, nice feeling, nice feeling. Um, deserved it. You know, got a little bit of luck tonight. You know, we, we did because they hit the post and they put us under a lot of pressure. Big, strong side. And, uh, you know, we kept going. And at half-time, it was, you know, we, we just said it could be our night. It could, but we might have to win ugly. And I think we, we pretty much did, didn't we? We won ugly tonight, you know. And... Uh, you know, but they, the boys put themselves on the line tonight defensively as a group. You know, not just in, you know, after the weekend's poor show in terms of the way we defended, as much as we were playing against a good side, we um, we give everything tonight. And you know, I think you know we uh, over and you've seen a lot of our games, Matt. We have deserved to win at least one of the games over this period, and finally, it's, one, yeah, more than one probably. And you know, I think tonight, obviously, we got our reward, and uh, it's a nice feeling. Uh, I'm a little bit gut. Well, I'm over the moon with one, but I'm, I'm a little bit gutted it's against them because Ben's a really good friend of mine, and um, you know I didn't over celebrate because I'm, t- I'm respectful. But I also, he also knows that it's our first win, so you know, and I'm sure he understands the way our boys reacted, and um, you know, but uh, you know he's a good guy anyway. But he he he, he was very. Um, very complimentary after the game about our boys, so you know, and he's a great lad. Did you think this day would ever come? I was getting worried. I got to say, um, even my mate said the other day, he said, "Do you think you will win a game?" And I went, "I, I couldn't actually say that positively that we was, because I was getting worried." Um, and obviously we've had, a, you know, it's, we shuffle a few things around, and you know, we're put, putting the younger ones in, and it's it's been difficult. But yeah, you know, it's uh, in the back of my mind. I, I thought, yeah, we can, we certainly can get this monkey off our back, and we've we've finally done that tonight. What was the last sort of 10 minutes? Because when they put six minutes on the board, you could feel the tension in the ground as well. And the fans really got yeah. behind it today. It was great. Yeah. It, was really, it was like an old-fashioned game, really, yeah, wasn't it? it was, yeah, yeah. No, I was very nervous, I've got to say. It was, uh, every time it went forward, it, you know, you're just thinking something might drop for them and, uh, and, and, and we end up drawing the game. And, but then there was a couple of balls that they put out of play and you think, well, we're there now. And, and then, uh, yeah, got there in the end. So, yeah, over the moon. Um, but, you know, we, we can't get carried away. We've won one game. We've got to now try and build it out. We've still got, what, 19 games left. Let's go and try and have a, let's have a say in this league where the, the teams down the bottom and the, and the teams at the top who, who are all fighting for either promotion or, or, or trying to keep out of relegation. We've got to have a say in that, you know, and that's, let's go and follow it up against South End. You know, and we owed him one. We, you know, we lost at their place and we wasn't very good that night, I didn't think. But let's go and, let's go and take it out on South End and try and go on a bit of a consistent run. What, what does winning football matches mean for the conference? What was the dressing room like after that? No, oh, they're jumping up and down in there. You know, they, they didn't really want me at all. They wanted to put their music on and didn't want to hear my voice, to be fair. I think they've, they've heard it so many times. So, um, yeah, no, it's a good atmosphere in there. And, 
I'm just pleased for some, some of them young boys as well, you know, and to see Will Moses back on the pitch. I took a gamble with him tonight because I just thought that we may have to may have to put another centre-half on. We might get an injury or whatever. And uh, he's looked really good in training. Now he's back. Uh, and in the end, we, had to, we, we decided to put him on. And uh, it was just good to see him out there. And he put a lovely challenge in. I know their players, they're saying it was a... In, their player actually caught out, you know, caught Will when he got a yellow card. But... Um, you know, so it's good to see Will out there. It's good to see young George. He got tired tonight a little bit, I felt, but he's been terrific. And that's credit to the Academy of the Football Club. Personally, what does it mean to you as well? Because, you know, you know, 28 games. I don't have to say that stat anymore without a win. What does it mean personally for you? Because he must have been tough the last few weeks, months. Yeah, it has. You know, and like I said, who, do, who lifts me, really, you know? Um, we, we, we try and lift... Everyone tries to lift each other, but when I go home, it's only the wife and I've always said the grandkids. It's to see their smile, smiling faces is, and they wish me good luck tonight. So... Um, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 a nice feeling tonight, and um, we can enjoy it. But we'll now get ready for Thursday night's training and, and look forward to the South End game. Yeah, South End last time they were here, knocked them out of the FA Cup, so uh, got a good record on here at Crabble anyway. Yeah, listen, they're, they're they're not out of the the problems at the moment. They're down there still at fighting, and have picked up over Kev with Kevin the te- uh, as manager, Kevin Mayer, um, and it's going to be a real tough ask for us again on Saturday, but one we should look forward to. They say never too high, never too low, but surely you can enjoy tonight. Yeah, I'm going to tonight. I'll have a couple of beers and uh, and uh, enjoy it. And um, yeah, it's uh, I'll, I'll sleep well tonight. At least our questions can change a bit now as well, as well, which is good. It's good interviews. Yeah, 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 I don't blame the question for the questions. It's difficult for you as well, and you guys, you know, it's as much as it is for me. But you're going to ask them questions. But yeah, no, it's nice to have different questions tonight. <laughs> He's delighted, you're delighted, those blokes with the t-shirts were delighted, you're even more delighted now that's had 170 likes. Yeah, yeah, amazing, I've gone viral on there. How are you feeling about it all now, 24 hours Um, on? The the cloud of, isn't it amazing, winning a football match, what it means to people, because there was, honestly, Crabble, for the last, was absolutely rocking at the end, because you could feel the tension in the air of what the game was when it went to fight, because Dover had not been in front at home all season. Wow. So we'd not seen this point, so... And they had 30-odd minutes to survive. So when it got to 10 minutes to go, everybody, you could hear that, you could feel the tension in the ground getting more and more. And every time the long ball went into the penalty area, and again, on the commentary, I was just saying to the players, just as waste as much time as possible when you get to take a booking, whatever. But we did manage to hold on. And probably, I, I said this, I've seen some brilliant nights at Crabble from the years I've been following them. Probably be in the top ten because it was just unbelievable that we actually won a game. And, and you mentioned the 364; it just ends it. We might not win a game for the rest of the season. You know, I'm not saying that we're going to batter everybody from that point of view, and we'll probably lose on Saturday. But we've seen a result there, and it, it didn't get the full year. And I think that it just sort of bookends it nicely. If it had gone another year, it was just a thing. I can stop talking about it. We've won a game. We might not win for the rest of the season, but frankly, who cares? We've got a W next to our name. And it was bloody great fun. And one of the crazy things was, some guys with the shirts, brilliant. From that. See my Twitter if you want to see that. Uh, on the way home, I went the wrong way home. I was so giddy. Because I was, I, I, I was driving through, went through, um, I suppose, past the sandwich turning. And normally you go straight off and buy Pfizer's. For some reason, I must have thought I'd still gone back there. So I turned left and realised I was halfway down to Wigham. And realised I actually gone the wrong way. I was that excited and giddy that we'd actually won a game. So I thought I've actually gone the wrong way. I was that excited. I didn't even know where I was. John, it was brilliant. Does this just proved that uh, a cold Tuesday night in January is the night for Dover. 
you know, that they, it's, it's, it's the new wet, windy night in yeah. Stoke, a, a January, Tuesday at Crabble, because uh, seemingly every other day of the year, you're absolutely pony, but <laughs> you managed to win twice yeah. in this specific week. Yeah, I think it's, and it's Easter. We've got Easter, we beat them. One of the teams we actually beat last season was Eastley again. So I don't think they're um, particularly pleased. And we saw that there, man, Andy Essenthaler was very complimentary about Ben Strevens in the interview there. And did he know that Ben Strevens was going to lose his job? I feel sorry for Ben Strevens. He's a decent manager at this level, but, you know, I suppose nobody wanted to lose to Dover. And nobody, you know, he's lost, and he's lost his job yeah. from that. I feel a bit sorry for him. As you know, John, there's not many clubs I particularly like in the National League. Eastleigh, I quite like because the, the media team, very, very friendly guys. And I said to them afterwards, I'm sorry it was you because I quite like you. I wish it was other teams. And you know those numerous teams it would be. But beggars cannot be choosers. Um, I really, um, yeah, a cracking night at Crabble. Really enjoyed it. And as I say, got giddy, I went the wrong way home. So I managed to get home in the end. You also said to me when I, I spoke to you on the way home that your, your phone hadn't stopped going. Oh, no. everyone, everyone was so pleased. For, but I think they were more pleased for you than anything because yeah. they, they've heard your struggles every week for the past 52 weeks. Oliver Ash, who probably, you know, he had better things to worry about with Maystone winning 4-0. Fair play to him from there. He texts me, I had a guy who was going to build our porch. He was a Stockport fan. He's not building our porch. I haven't heard him for ages when I needed him. <laughs> text me saying, well done. Uh, people from work were texting me. Um, people... I'd seen it on Sky Sports, so yeah, so it's like the birth of my first child, this when people getting so excited telling me things. But yeah, numerous texts. My tweet with these two guys who ran up to me and showed me the t-shirt that said, um, I've seen David Wynn has gone, everybody's loving this. So yeah, a crazy night of Crabble. Um, uh, yeah, and it's, am it's amazing what I say, what a win does for everybody's mood, everybody was happy. Yeah, it was, it's great, and, and I think... That's what you miss about football, you know. That's what it does to you. Everybody got excited, young or old. They could say they were there with Dover won a game after nearly a year. I suppose after Saturday as well, you you weren't best pleased on Saturday, uh, and I'd imagine uh, that the, the chap had scored all the goals and best pleased. Taken off when he'd scored five, he wanted to keep filling his boots, wouldn't he? Did you see those goals? No. Oh, my goodness, they were absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Um, yeah, I would have been. I've seen, you know, I remember Ian Rush scoring five, Tony Woodcock scoring five, I think actually on the same day. I'm really showing my age, you know, back in the day from there. Nobody's ever seen, I haven't seen anybody score six in English football. I'd have been miffed. Apparently he missed about four chances to score goals from there. But in a selfish point of view, I was driving back on Saturday, didn't know the score, and I was thinking, what I was concerned about, that Dover would win and I wasn't be there. They'd win at Solihull. And it would be a bit of an anti-climax. Is that me being selfish, do you think? Well, at this point, it doesn't matter. But, I mean, even, I, I find it unlikely that this one win is going to spur you to stay up, so it probably didn't matter that it... That we're still going down. Win. We're still getting relegated, so... so. But yeah, when, when I, when I turned the radio on after getting the car, and there were 3-0 down, and I thought, well, this is not going to be today. Because, again, in a purely selfish point of view, I'd have been gutted if they'd won a game when I hadn't been there. And I think that's a bit selfish, but I'm glad I was there and I can enjoy that moment. Some debate as well, actually, because um, this is a conversation I had. I think I had this conversation about whether, how many goals you have to score for a double hat-trick. Or I, was, I saw a conversation, because I'm convinced it's six. Yeah, well, definitely. But I've seen people say, well, no, because you've got one hat-trick is one, two, three. Another hat-trick would be two, three, four. No, Wally's talking about it. I, no, no. I don't remember, but I remember being privy to a conversation about this and thinking, 
No, and, and fortunately, your man at Solihull has given us the opportunity to discuss this, but definitely six for a double hat-trick. Yeah, yeah well, exactly. Um, when was Ted Drake? Something, when was actually somebody scored? I don't know anybody scored six in a game at this level. Dennis Law did once, yeah. and got a band with yeah, so but, um, I, I did look it up, and apparently four is a hall, officially. Yeah. Five is something else, and six is a, is a confirmed double hat-trick. So, um, Even Messi hasn't scored a double hat-trick, has he? He must have scored five before, haven't Ronaldo? But yeah, I, I, again, I would have been well miffed if I was that striker being taken off. Looking at that defending when, blimey, my, my mum could really have scored a couple of them with the way he was left in. But yeah, I'd have been disappointed from there. I see he scored last night, so he, he's got six in two, which is a, a good ratio. You'd sign him on football manager if he had that, wouldn't he? Yeah, you certainly would. Um, elsewhere in the National League, it's very, very tight at the top. And Bromley, you're right in the mix. Uh, wins at Grimsby and at home to Woking have made it three on the spin for Andy Woodman's men. Were fourth, but just a point behind leader Stockport. Uh, eternal credit to them, not least because of the off-field matters that would truly have affected them over the past week or so, Matt. Yeah, um, we thought Andy Woodman. We thought he was going to Hartlepool, didn't we? I think we recorded a show and we thought he was going to he was going to join Hartlepool pretty quickly. Uh, that didn't come about. Gillingham have approached him. I think Bromley have done the right thing and given not worth upsetting him by saying no, you're not going. Talk to that. He seemed to think it had dragged on. Um, you read on social media that they offered a paltry amount of compensation and Bromley, um, who since have appointed him in a year, his, his record must be phenomenal as a manager, Andy Woodman. So, of course, Bromley are going one way, Gillingham are going another. So, probably not the best job to take. They could be in the same league next season. Um, Bromley, infrastructure good. Gillingham seem to have a lot of problems. Um, a wise decision and... Even if Bromley don't get promoted, uh, he may have choices of other clubs in the summer as well. So I think it's a, a wise decision on his part. Probably saying that in half an hour's time after he recorded that, he's joined them. But yeah, I, I, I think he's... Um... My other question is, if he was the manager of Solihull Moors, for example, do you think he would be getting the Gillingham job? Is it a location issue? And that's why they're, it's easier for Gillingham to look at somebody from there. I, I, I think that's probably a fair point. And, and I think... I'm not saying he's, he's, he's clearly he's a good manager. I'm not saying yeah. dissing him on that point of view, but as it's easy for Gillingham to think who's doing well next door, they have but taken it, but teams managing. But you would look at it as well, I suppose, by looking and saying, well, someone who's near, it's going to be a, an easier sell. So, like the manager of Halifax, or who's doing a job, or I was going to say Chesterfield, but let's not go there. Yeah. Um, but you know, Gillingham would look at that and say, well, he's going to have to uproot his family. He's going to have to do this. He's going to have to do that. They've had a manager who hasn't lived locally. Uh, for the last couple of years, yeah. so I guess the, the the mindset is if it's someone local that's doing well, then that's a more appealing prospect because they, they, they wouldn't have to the upheaval. Yeah, arguably so, but it's probably easy for Gillingham to look at somebody who's close in target uh, from that point of view. But is he clearly um, nothing's really sort of he's sort of I don't know what he said in his interview yesterday. I presume he's just letting letting it go on for them to do a job, but. I would have thought it would have happened by now. And, and probably looking at it on paper, it's a wise decision. Because Gillingham have, what, 10 points drift at the bottom. Bromley could get promoted. And, and the gates and where they're going, arguably they could do better than Gillingham next season. I think, irrespective of uh, my own views on uh, Gillingham and their chairman, um, I think if you were Andy Woodman or any other manager who's never managed in the Football League, I think that going to Gillingham would be a poison chalice because there's obviously issues there. Uh, there's obviously not a lot of money to bring in players. Uh, there's a team that have now got, I'm sure they've got the longest run without winning in the county now that Dover have uh, sorted yeah. that out. And 
you were going to the Football League, your first job in the Football League, and you're probably going to be relegated. And if you go in and, and that's the first thing that's on your Football League CV, it doesn't matter how well you've done the National League, I think that would, that, that's got to have been a factor that Andy Williams got looked at. Because if he goes in there, can't turn it round, gets relegated, and then Starts has a badly. slow start to next season, and then gets the push, then for his long-term career prospects, I don't think that moving to Gillingham would have been the right move for him. And I think for his long-term career prospects, getting a smaller, unfancied club like Bromley into the playoffs for the second season running, possibly getting promoted, would look much better on his CV and people will take more notice of that. Well, they take as much notice, but it looks better to be promoted rather than relegated, if, if, if that yeah, makes sense, I, or, or get close. You know, I, I think it, it's all about your stock. And I think you know there, there, there are other managers you look around and you think... You know, how's their stock at the moment? I, I suppose in some ways, you could say that about Andy Hessenthaler. People are going to be looking at Andy Hessenthaler and thinking, well, he hasn't done very well at Dover. He's, he's had success in the past, but it's always your last job, I yeah. suppose, people remember. So if you went and took that job, then you could do long-term damage to your career prospects. And I, and I think that's why Andy Woodman's looked and, and made the wise decision for, for his future, as well as, obviously, for every Bromley fan listening, the, the, the right move for their club. Yeah, I think... Um... I, I think he's yeah he's got to look at the long he's been a long time goalkeeping coach I think as a coach at a club and now he's got the the big gig he probably doesn't want to go back and see that fail and go back to where he is he's probably worked his way up at this level and I think him he should go from there and see what it would do I think is he's got a good infrastructure clearly a good chairman at Bromley um, maybe he doesn't want to rock the boat so again. You know, football's a strange thing. They miss out on the playoffs, lose the first four games next season, and he's out of a job. And then that sort of that's how it works. And maybe you, some people say you should take it job if it's offered to you. But I think in this situation at the moment, it's probably a wise decision he's got. He's done. Yeah, big game for Bromley this weekend. They host Notts County, who are right in the mix. They're outside the playoff places at the moment, but they're only five points behind Bromley with two games in hand. Uh, you've also got Wrexham in there, Matt. I, I don't know what what you thought about them paying three hundred thousand pounds for a striker. Uh, the other day, but it, it paid dividends because he got them three points on Tuesday night. I think there was if you got if I was given three hundred thousand pounds to buy a striker, I probably wouldn't buy Oli Palmer. But I, I think I le- think you could get three beginnings for that, mate. Yeah, yeah. I, I think isn't there? They're going to be next season. There is a wage cap in the national league, so I think they're trying to circumnavigate that if they can get out of it. Don't know what happens if they don't get out of it, but that's. Three hundred thousand is a lot of money. Yeah, I don't think you know he's played decent level of football. Not a prolific goal scorer, but Wrexham are desperate to get out of it, and eventually they will get out of it. But I'm led to believe that Davis' budget's three hundred fifty thousand, and and they spent three hundred thousand on a striker. You can say it's um, they have means and have me not. But good luck to Wrexham because Wrexham have been in this league long enough. Served their time. They've done their time. Go on. The Matthew Gerrard scale. You move on onwards and upwards. Yeah, Dover, meanwhile, and I can't believe I'm actually going to utter these words, are looking to make it back-to-back wins uh, when they host Southend. Didn't you beat them in the cup a couple of years 1-0, ago? yeah, we beat them. And so their record at Crabble is pretty poor, Southend. So, um, but yeah, it's going to be tough. As long as we compete again, I'll take a draw now. I mean, that's it. <laughs> Two games unbeaten and go from there. But it, a win's a win, John. So, um, yeah, it'd be tough. But apparently Southend are bringing 1,000 fans. So there'll be more Southend than Dover, but... We don't care because the Dover fans are in party mode. Let's move on to the National League South where there were two games there for, for our teams this week. Uh, and while we always like to pick out the positives, uh, we've got to start by dissecting an absolute rotter of a week for Ebbsfleet United. We've dropped from second to fourth after a pair of absolute hidings. 
losing 5-1 at Leeds Dorking and then 4-0 at local rivals Maidstone on Tuesday night. That's three times in the last eight games that Fleet have conceded four or more. We've also got three clean sheets and four wins in that spell. Um, but those defeats and the manner of them uh, have got to be a concern because if you're losing 1-0, 2-0, I suppose you can look at it, but they've shipped nine goals in two games and, and they're better than that, absolutely. Yeah, is it one of the caravan got sent off in both games? I don't know. So... I don't know what, how long he's going to serve a ban for. Um, we had Tree also sent off. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's 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 got to have been banned before as well. I think he got with incident with Doswell at Haven. So yeah, you know, I think they shipped about five against Dulwich. I think they look heavily defeated. So when they're defeated, it's heavily defeated. Again, I keep going back to Maidstone. What a turnaround! Whatever they've put in the tea at half time or the training, you have to give Hacking Hoeretin a really really good job because they're absolutely on fire. It was, it's been a big week. It's a massive few days for Ebsley and conceded nine, players sent off, manager sent off. My, my concern all the way through this is, is when you saw them on the first game of the season, they can play some absolutely wonderful football and play teams off the park. Will that get you out of this division when a tough game, a big crowd against Maystone who will be roaring against you? Have they got that to do it? Do you need a little more my style of football sort of thing, a bit more up and at them to do it? Dennis Katrie will learn from this. I'm sure when the season sort of takes April, May, when the pitches may be a little bit, but I know it's a plastic pitch there, they can start playing that football. But it's a real interesting one. Is he under pressure, Dennis Katrie? They're still, what, third, fourth? So, so they're not going to be... They're still a long way in a very tight division, but they've got to hope that the confidence is not rocked too much. But nine and conceded in two is a little bit concerning. And when they lose, they lose heavily. I do wonder about the keeper, actually, uh, Chris Hague is the goalkeeper who was the Concord goalkeeper uh, when they got to Wembley in the FA Trophy and, uh, and uh, he's obviously made the step up, uh, uh, well not from division to division but he, he is a step up from Concord to Ebsley really and I wonder, he's not the tallest uh, and, and I wonder if they're just kind of missing a, a bit of a presence in between the sticks. So, yeah, they've got experienced players at the back so they shouldn't be shipping goals like they are but I, I just wonder if, if there are question marks over the goalkeeper. Yeah, he had a brilliant game in the trophy and that's probably earned him his move there. They did have another goalkeeper trying to think who that is. Um, Someone that they had on loan right at the start of the season was in goal at the start. Yeah, so of course they had um, Ashmore, who was, who was a rigwell prig present for them. And interesting, when um, Charles Webster covers it for Radio Ken, at the um, start of um, December, or January, they said, oh, what do you want from your teams? And one of the first things he said was a goalkeeper. It's maybe the spine of a team, you know, Ashmore, when he, he's seen Ashmore, a keeper who basically is the key to the spine of the team, and that could be an issue. Maybe I presume Katri wants a goalkeeper who's confident with the ball at his feet and can do things like that. Maybe that we can say it'll be interesting to see if if Haig is dropped for the next couple of games, if he's going to be the scapegoat for that. But it was interesting. Maybe they need a bit more experience in goal. They, of course, they had had the last season, didn't they? And then another guy. Another, I'm trying to think of the goalkeepers they had, but they've yeah. Hague's come in, a good shot stopper, but maybe not the top level goalkeeper that um, thing from there. But that's for Ebsley to worry about as well. Again, it's a couple of real disappointing results, but they're still up there. So, you know, they're not middle of the table and the season's gone. They've just got to somehow lift that. I don't know who they've got this weekend. Uh, they have got Hampton Richmond on Saturday at home. They so drew with Dartford a couple of weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah, they've got, yeah, I think they've got to, in front of their own fans, put these. Two bad results to bed, really, and get three points. And just the right, forget about them, we move on.
You know, Manchester United had back-to-back away draws before Tuesday's derby game, but now they're only defeat in their last 12 games, if you want to call it a defeat, in all competitions, was their penalty shootout loss against Boreham Wood in the FA Trophy. A uh, great run of form made Stone. I think you, you saw them when they were at their lowest yes. ebb, and uh, I, I guess it's one of those things where everything's going in fits and starts, and you just wonder... I mean, I obviously hope. Have they got it in them to, to maintain this form all the way through? Because Dorking have really found some form yeah. at the moment, winning games all over the place. So someone's got to try and keep pace with them. Mason at the best equipped at the moment. Yeah, I think um, yeah, Dorking look strong, don't they? Scoring a lot of goals. I think they're three points clear at the top. I think they've got the same amount of games. So I think Maystone play them at the end of February. So that's a big game. I expected Dorking to do well this season. They've come on strong. Find a little bit of consistency, but so have Maidstone. And the thing is about Maidstone, they left 3,000 people roaring them on. It seems they've made the Gallagher a fortress, they're scoring goals, there's a real feel good factor around the club. Um, and again, we're led to believe that game against um, Bournemouth Wood, they actually should have won as well. So, yeah, he's just got that. He sort of signed Mo Betamer on loan as well, another striker who he's worked with before. It's just a, an amazing turnaround. And, and, and as I always said, Maidstone the biggest Kent non-league club. So if you can galvanise that with 3,000 every week, you've got that extra X factor that could go and do it. If they can keep the consistency up, I'm thinking that Dorking are going to win this league. At the moment, I'm thinking it's going to be tough for that because Dorking, the way they've got, and probably Dorking can probably spend a bit of money on players if it needs it. But Maystone should be absolutely delighted. Probably their aim at the start of the season was getting the playoffs. And at the moment, that's well in, well in, well in chance of doing Dartford fifth after twice being held at home this week. Firstly 2-2 by Hampton Richmond Barrow, then to a goalless draw by Concord Rangers on Tuesday night. Just two wins in their last 13 league games, the Darts. Now, they looked untouchable at the start of the season. It's never too late, but as we've just said, Dorking are going like a train at the moment. The Darts need to find their way out of this funk that they're in at the moment, don't they? Two, I don't mean defeats in there, a lot of draws, but I think they've drawn more games than they have at home. So they haven't lost at home, but I think there's six draws in 10 games. So... Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a strange one. They lost Noor Hussain in, the, in midweek as well when he went to Southend. And Steve King, Steve King didn't seem that impressed that he'd actually gone. I don't know how much money they got for him. Yeah, I don't know what it is. We, we, we crowned them as champions after nine games, haven't we? Because they were... Darts alone, are they? Yeah, yeah. Down, yeah. They? yeah. It's just a, a little bit of a blip. I don't know what seems to be the issue with that from there. They've still got the same club. Jake Robinson scoring goals as well. So they've got... They're scoring goals, but just... Haven't got that killer instinct to to finish teams off, which must be a concern for Steve King, who yeah, who would have thought they would be in a better position. You know, if you'd have said to me at the end of January, you're going to be in fifth after where you are, going to be in the end of September, beginning of October, I think he'd be very um, shocked about that. But Actually, I think find some I form. can pinpoint where it all went wrong. All right, yep. So they were flying high, everything was going well, then they went to FA Subway in the FA Cup, expected to win that game. Lost their heads, players sent off, lost their... And, and that run, I went, went about 13 league games, that started after that. Oh, right. So I don't know if, if the, the knock-on of that, because they missed out on a potential TV day against Colchester, because Sudbury's yep. got Colchester. I don't know if that's had a, a, a lasting effect, that one defeat, you know, where it all went wrong for them. I, I remember listening to it on the radio. Uh, and listen to the, the, the reports from it, and they were saying like they, they just lost their call and, and everything like that. Well, I think they weren't one and up after, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had a red card, didn't they? And, and I think Steve King had a bit of a row with someone, and, and I just think. Just derailed them a little bit, is it? Pinpoint, isn't it? Yeah, I just can't see what's really good. It's the same sort of squad, and I know he does sort of tinker with the team, but again, the spine of the time. I think, again, 
Adi Aziz, who was banging the goals in. I saw him at Dover. He wasn't prolific anywhere he's been. First part of the season, but I think he's gone 10 games without a goal. So, yeah, it's just something's not right there. But Steve King, he knows this league. And again, he seems to be a playoff manager, doesn't he, at this division? Never got promoted, but maybe this little blip, it'll, they'll come good at the end of the, end and sort of end of the season when the playoffs in. But again, they should be OK for the playoffs. I thought it's not that an issue for them at the moment, but they need to get back to basics and winning some matches, particularly at home as well, because you know, that, that's the strength of that. And I think, you know, I can't talk about Gates because David Gates are disappointed, but only 800, 800 or so at Dartford as well. So maybe some of the fans are sort of, you know, not particularly happy with what things are going on as well. Yes, exactly. Uh, Welling lost one at home to high-flying Oxford City on Saturday, and it wasn't looking good for them on Tuesday night as well, as they trailed Braintree, one of only two teams below them at kick-off, 2-0. But the Wings fought back and they earned a point, a point which moved them up above Tunbridge Angels, who after drawing 1-1 with him or Hempstead on Saturday are in action right now, away to Hamilton and Waterlooville, uh, just into the second half at the moment, and it's nil-nil. On Saturday, Mainstone travel to Concord Rangers, Ebbsfleet home to Hampton and Richmond, it's Tunbridge Angels against Dartford, uh, Welling have the weekend off, and then on Tuesday night, another Kent derby, Dartford against Ebbsfleet, a big one that one, uh, two sides hoping that a win could reignite a title push, Matt. Yeah, pressure on both sides, Ebbsfleet won the first game, didn't they? I think on New Year's Day or the second, whatever it was, 1-0. Yeah, if Dartford want to find some home form, perfect to do it against maybe a fragile Ebbsleet, um, conceding nine in the last two games. Again, the atmosphere will be cracking. I presume Maidstone, point of view, they'll be happy for a draw with that, that game. But it, are we saying it's must-win for both sides there? Probably just to kick-start their season and give them a bit of a... You know, a bit of momentum, maybe. Yeah, I don't think if you lose, it's the end of the it's the end of the world. But it, it could be a massive catalyst. I think is is the way to look at it. Yeah, games could these games could have been at Christmas, so they were going to be big at Christmas. I think they were top two first at Christmas. So arguably, it's a bigger game now after the recent form they've gone on. So yeah, I think Dartford have got to come good at home. Uh, there's been murmurings. I think some of them not particularly happy with Steve King and thinking they should be doing better. He's got to prove it against uh, Ebbsfleet there. Big game. Would you defeat for either manager? Could they be under pressure, John? That'll be, that'll be the, the thing. Dennis Katree, but I think well, maybe Ebbsfleet got a blow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A very big call. But and I think Ebbsfleet maybe have got a, a plan what Dennis Katree was good doing. But football's a results business. And if you haven't got results business and, and you can see you, you know, it's slipping away, you want the National League, they may. Think about it, but it would be a strange decision, but we've seen it happen before. Look at Neil Smith last season when they are. So you could look at that and think, we shouldn't have been fired, but they got in the playoffs. So I'm not saying they should be fired, but I think they're under a little bit of pressure because they need to get those results. Uh, let's move on to the East Midlands Premier Division where Cheesy Knight saw two Kent sides cross over the border into Sussex. And it was a home win in both games. Folkestone beaten 3-1 by leaders worthy, while Tony Russell's Lewis came up against his former club, Craig Wanderers. It was a pretty even first half. Lewis probably had the better of the chances. And with the last kick of the half, Joe Taylor put the rooks ahead before a marvellously named Raz Coleman de Graaf got the second 10 minutes into the second period. Uh, a tough one for Craig, but doing OK under Grant Basie, who I spoke to after the game. Yeah, listen, they're, they're very good at what they do. They're a good side. Um, but I think first half, I thought we'd done all right. I thought our shape was really good. Um, they travelled out with the ball and we was nicking it. And then I think our, our quality on that first pass was poor. There was numerous times where I thought we could have got in. Um, we've had three or four crosses go straight into the keeper's hands and the quality let us down. Um, and then we switch off with 10 seconds to go. And then it's a completely different game. They go in, towels up and 
completely changes my team talk and the whole momentum of the game shifted from that point. Um, yeah, disappointing. That's exactly how I saw the game. You know, that, that that moment, as you say, right at the end of that half, it's changed everything, hasn't it? Oh, one million percent. That's yeah, it's, it's, it's so frustrating. It's you've got ten seconds to go. People don't track their runners, um, and they end up getting a shot, which we block, which we good block, um, and then you just got to mark your man. It's as simple as that. Uh, I need to see it back to to see whose man it was. Again, I, I've not seen it yet, so I need to look that back, but. For me, you've got to mark your man 10 seconds and you've got to have the mentality of that we are not conceding. And then you go into the into the half-time, nil-nil, and well worthy of a nil-nil. Like, again, I thought it was really solid. If anything, I think we probably edged it in the first half. Um, but it completely changed the face of the game. And in the second half, I just don't think we was at it. Um, but, yeah. Um, I suppose in the grand scheme of your season, if you take the Tony Russell factor out of it, t- tonight isn't probably as important as Saturday coming up because you're playing team down the bottom as well. So I guess coming here tonight, was that one you were looking at thinking oh, it's going to be tough, but then you can go again Saturday? Honestly, no, because my brain don't think like that. I come to every, every, I, every single game. I don't care who I'm playing. I come here to, to win the game of football. Uh, I, you've got to concentrate on the here and now, and that was tonight. Um, so now my focus will be on Saturday, but prior to that, no, it's all been on tonight. Um, I thought we could come in and, and get the win. I truly believe that. Uh, like I do every single game. I, as I say, I come into every single game believing that we can win. Um, we haven't done that. Um, but as you alluded to, we've got a couple of big games coming up now to, with, against teams that are in and around us. So really important that we uh, go there and uh, to, to the both away games and try and pick some points up. It's on, what, three or four weeks now. How, how are you finding it at Cray Wanderers? Listen, I, I, I'm loving the challenge. Um, and it has been a challenge. Obviously, we've come in and inherited a, a team and squad that are down the second bottom when we've taken over. And uh, I think... As I said to someone the other day, I, I never saw a single game prior to me coming in, so I come in completely blind and fresh-eyed on the situation. And but I feel we've been doing all right. To be fair, I think uh, the two games that we've lost prior to that, I think we deserved points out of them minimum. Um, but tonight, I think yeah, Lewis deserved the win, and that's the first game out of the ones that we've played where I say yeah, do you know what? They probably deserved it. You say you came into a squad that was that was down, and, and I think I've heard someone say 54 players that the club have got through already this season. That's tough, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a, when you strip it back, it's, it's a crazy amount of players. Like, it's not right. It's not right that you've gone that we as a club have gone through that that amount of players. Um, but I've I've only brought a couple in so far, and because uh, I do believe in the ones that we've got here, and uh, it's it's my job to to try and. Uh, trigger a reaction from them and I think they've bought into what we've been trying to do so far um, tonight was one of them nights where I just don't think we was really at it more so from second half as I say first half I thought we could give a good go um, but yeah disappointing looking back at last Saturday a crazy crazy game of 5-4 I'm guessing as a former defender you'd rather win 1-0 yeah oh of course uh, yeah someone said that they would rather do that win 5-4 but not in my world it, drove me crazy but listen I have to look at the positive we've scored five goals and we've got three points but um, yeah for me we need to be more solid and, and stop giving away cheap goals because uh, that's what we're doing at the moment the goals we're conceding are just poor goals um, 
the second one tonight comes from us trying to play out naively when they're putting good pressure on us on what is a bobbly pitch and play right into their hands. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, frustrating. I mean, obviously, you play for Cray Wanderers towards to yeah. your playing days. How are you finding managing the club? Listen, it's a great honour. As I said the other day to some people, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good club. Um, club that's close to my heart it means a lot to me, and uh, yeah, I, I'm trying my hardest every single day and to try and to try and improve us and uh, get us out of the situation we're in. Um, one thing I can guarantee is that I will, I won't stop until I get it right, um, uh, and I will give give it my all. Uh, that's all we can do. You're only 33. I was just looking up. You're very young to be taking on this. Do you feel you're ready? Oh yeah, for sure. I've listen. I've been coaching now seven, eight years, um, and most of that has been at a professional football club. Um, so yeah, I back my ability as a coach uh, definitely. Um, but it's been a good opportunity to lead. Uh, I feel comfortable doing it. It's what I want to do long term. Um, yeah, I think I've, yeah, no qualms with my, uh, with my with my ability to go and lead this team. And I suppose looking at the rest of the season, the, the first aim is to start getting away from the bottom of the table. But then you just want to keep building and, and get some solidity into the club. one hundred percent. I just said it in there. There's sixteen games. I think there's sixteen games to go. Um, so everyone's a cup final now, and uh, I certainly don't want to be going into the last two or three games of the season in the position that we're in um, I want to try and get out of this situation we're in as quickly as possible um, so yeah uh, it's up to, to us to try and, uh, and I'm, when I say us collectively the players the staff to try and get us out of the situation that we're currently in Well much like Grant I, I thought Craig gave a really good account of themselves in the first half but in the end it, it just wasn't to be but he's doing a good job uh, so far and I thought he came across really well in that interview Yeah I think amazing what you bring the facts on there. 54 players they've used. That's this is only January. Absolutely crazy. I say he's only brought a couple of players in himself. I should say I don't know if they've actually used them all, but I heard that 54 players have been registered. Right, by that's, 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 that's crazy. Crazy. Um, must be difficult for him when he t- they all turn up for training on a <laughs> Tuesday and Thursday night, which you're going to do. Um, clearly, he's gone in there. He believes he's a good coach. Um, it must be a difficult thing. Again, quite interesting as well what he said. He'd actually never seen them play as well. So you see his managers on the side, like, watching going on. So he's gone on with a fresh pair of eyes. Hasn't changed it too much. So maybe Danny Kevwell was getting close to getting it right. Um, it's always going to be difficult against Lewis' side. They score goals, but they concede them as well. I'm surprised. Like they had Leatherhead when Leatherhead were bottom of the league and they didn't score against them, did they? Then they scored five at the weekend, so... Consistently, did they look like scoring? Or because they got players in the team who have got a bit of pedigree. I think in the first half that they were more than in the game, and, and but it just never really fell for them. I don't really think that they ever created a chance. There was never a moment where you thought they're going to score it. I think that was the tough part for them. Uh, second half, they it was tough. They forced a couple of saves towards the end, but by and large, I I think it was a fair result on the night. I think Lewis will be there or thereabouts. They'll be in the top three or four come the end of the season. Uh, I fancy them to possibly go all the way. It's, it's like last year's Cray team with a little bit of extra quality. Uh, is that Lewis side? And I was impressed by them. But you know, 33 years old, Grant Basie. I, I think that's a, it's a good first job for him. And, and you know, when I said to him, "Do, do you think you're ready?" Without hesitation, he was like, "Yeah, I've been working for this for for a long time." And and I think you know, we don't know the, the full status of of how he is at the moment. He's still listed as interim manager in a lot of places. 
um, but I think he's in it for the for the long haul, and um, you know he wants to he wants to build something at Cray Wanderers, a club that he played for, yeah. and try and push on. Yeah, again, we expected them to maybe do a little bit better under Danny Kebble. That hasn't worked out. The twentieth, but they're only two wins really away from being middle of the table. It's quite a tight division, and you've got the league table in front of you. Yeah. Do you know where they're playing this week? Probably one of the teams at the Brighton City Region Saturday, right. Bar on Tuesday. Right, there you go. So, <laughs> yeah, it, this, that league table could look a lot better. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he brings his own players in. Um, sure, we've got the side from well, the I other. Mean, they brought in uh, young lad Luca Albon played uh, played centre mid, and he's a new signing. But I, uh, he's been around. He's a, he would have been known to Grant Basie before. Uh, so he he obviously is, is is someone that they're looking at, uh, and he's uh, he's sort of started to influence the team and I think you know there are players in there who've been around before but I think there's also uh, the odd sort of new signing and, and I think you know that, that that squad looking at it there as you've got it in front of yeah. you is good enough to be yeah, the yeah, table yeah, yeah. at least yeah I think they've got enough in there Cameron Brody was good he's on loan from Dartford a, a nice midfield player Cook's good Dixon will score goals Carl Reed's played at a higher level so just getting his own words into the players I think no, he'll be pleased with a clean sheet against Leather, but Leather were bottom of the league. But I think um, maybe a little bit gung ho against some of the other sides. But yeah, I think it's a, it's. I, I'm not concerned about them going down. There's a little line on this league table. Does that mean there's going to be a playoff oh, again on there? But yeah, I, I think um, I would say there's probably two, at least two worst teams, so they should be okay. And I think he just needs to, if he's going to do it, get to the middle of the table and look for last season. Looking at that, John, of course, one of the players that stands out in the um, Lewis side is Oli Tanner and he's been linked with numerous Premier League clubs so I'm asking you as a footballing scout did he run the show? <laughs> run the show? Maybe not but he was very good he was probably better uh, against Folkestone when yeah. I saw him earlier what, what sort of player is he? He's, he's, well he plays that wide yeah. um, good on the, very good on the ball likes to beat a man um, Premier League that might be a step too far for him, but he, he he looks a very good player in that Lewis side. And you know Lewis have got a, a strong side. You know Joe Taylor will be furious. He missed an absolute sitter. There's sort of chance that falls to Joe Taylor and Joe Taylor scores, but he uh, he, he, he fluffed that one on that occasion. But you know he he scores goals and and you know I, th I think the the people of Lewis are, are really starting to get behind that team. And I think they're 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 a good side. Yeah, yeah. I think they. He wouldn't have gone there, Tony Lewis, Tony, Tony Russell, if he didn't think he'd get promoted. Um, concern is, going on to Folkestone now, I suppose, are we looking about that? Well, yes, I was going to say Folkestone dropped out of the playoff places uh, after that defeat. They did, uh, all three teams have been on Saturday, though, Crazy, we heard 5-4. Uh, Folkestone beat Wingate and Finchley 1-0, struggled though, didn't they, late on. Margate beat Corinthian Casuals 3-1. Um, but Folkestone, again, another team who've had a great start to the season, but at the moment... It, it just looks like they're lacking a bit of pep and, and to be honest I, I look back at that game when I saw them at Lewis and I was disappointed with, with Folkestone that day and, and I think that, that they that they just seem to a bit like we've talked about Dartford they were on the crest of a wave and at the moment it's, they're finding it a bit tougher and I know I saw David Smith hadn't scored for a while but he did get on the score sheet um, but it's, it's, it's just about finding a bit of consistency isn't it for, for, for them again they've had that consistency but now they just need to find a bit more yeah I, I think I see he's brought a couple of experienced players in Andy Drury in I saw Andy Drury play for Sittingbourne last year in a lot of level below that so they brought him maybe just for the dressing room just to, that little bit of experience look one of Dio's come in um, you can't you know at one point folks were 
on the coattails of Worthing. It's a big result for Worthing again that game. Can Folkestone don't think they've got enough to win the league. It's going to be in the playoffs now. Um, but Neil Cudley, again, he's not getting carried away like maybe we were at the start of the season and the supporters were. It's been a good season for them. Just, just got to cement that position and see where they go from there. But I think previously they've had heartbreak and good things in the playoffs. So Neil Cudley knows how to manage a football club when it goes to those things. So, yeah, I think just, you know, the Wrexham trip may have taken not, not a bit out of them, but the excitement of that and then losing it in front of a crowd, it may just go on the back burner, but they've just got to move on. You know, Worthing are a decent side, as we've seen that. They should have been promoted three seasons ago or whatever we started. So there's no disgrace losing that. They just need to pick that up and see where they go from there. But Neil Cugley will be thinking that, but I'm thinking that maybe the league title's gone for them. Yeah, uh, this weekend, or two... Two away games for Cray this week as they face Brighton to Regent Saturday. Potters Bar on Tuesday, as we'll discuss Saturday. Folkestone at Potters Bar and Margate, who won five of their last seven league games, travel to face second place Enfield. Let's move on to the Eastman League South East now. This weekend it will be all eyes on Homelands, where leaders Hastings United are the visitors for second place Ashford. Hastings lost at the weekend, but still four points clear of Tommy Warlow's men. So a victory in that game would be massive for either side, because if you're Hastings, you're thinking all oh, seven points clear. But if you're Ashford, you, you, you want to reel them in, don't you? It used to be a game on boxing now. I think it's a bit of a rival between Hastings, from Ashford and Hastings. So that is a, a very big game. Look at it, Tommy. Well, he's got some strikers, hasn't he? He's got some real strikers. And the way that Tommy plays, Franny Collins come in. Um, he's got the lock here that we spoke about. May to Horst. A lot of players who can make an impact on a game. It's going to be tough against Hastings because Hastings have been doing really well. But they're good at home. There should be a good crowd there. Um, Tom will be absolutely um, desperate to get one of them. It's, 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 it's a big game, probably the biggest game of the season so far in that division. Um, Ashford on the up, and Tommy's a good manager, so he's, he's been seeing these things there. Well, it would be a good game, and I think you're maybe you're trying to get there, John. Is that what it? I'm just going to see how things go. I've got a big weekend at home, but if, if there's a chance I can get there, then yeah, it's on my... Uh, I'd expect goals in that game anyway. Yeah, uh, I would imagine so. So yeah, that, that, we'll see how we get on. Uh, with that one. Last weekend, Cray Valley's in different run of form continued the 0-0 draw against East Grinstead. Uh, Ramsgate beat Fabersham 3-2. Ashford 3-0 winners at Herne Bay. That's a good result for them. Seven Oaks beat Phoenix Sports 2-0. Sitting won 2-1 winners over Hythe. Corinthian lost 3-2 at Three Bridges and Keith McMahon's return to BCD ended in a 3-0 loss for his Whitstable Town. Uh, Phoenix Sports beaten 2-1 by East Grinstead on Tuesday night when Sittingbourne also went down 1-0 to Burgess Hill this weekend in that division as we've already mentioned is Ashford against Hastings. Corinthian at home to VCD, Seven Oaks travel to East Grinstead, Hyde host Faversham, Phoenix Sports take on VCD. It's third against sixth as Ramsgate host Herne Bay, Whitstable at home to Sittingbourne, and then on Tuesday night, Cray Valley at home to Seven Oaks. Uh, that just leaves us with the scaffold. Well, firstly, massive congratulations for last week's show uh, to Tombridge Wells and Stansfield for their FA Vars wins, especially Stansfield. Oh, I mean, amazing. Um, we'll look ahead to their ties in the next round in a couple of weeks' time, but uh, really well done. To Performance of the season so far? I would say that's got to be up Oh, there. I couldn't... Uh, scoring that, unbelievable. We thought... Because they were... Was it, would they beat? Was it Rains? Rains Park. Yeah, yeah. They were doing really well in their league and they've gone there away from home. Cracking, cracking result. I, and I, I think we saw scenes... They call it well. I saw scenes last night, but I saw scenes in the dressing room that they must be the lowest left rated, left lowest ranked side left in that competition. I'm sure, absolutely, but unbelievable, unbelievable achievement as well. And you, when you you see how it is, because it's they've sort of um, regionalised the draw. There's only four ties in the south. You know that puts it home. What a brilliant achievement it is! And fingers crossed, this dream can carry on. 
Exactly, we shall see how it pans out. Uh, in the league, it was a turn-up for Wicks on Tuesday night where Chatham scored of 73 goals in their first 21 matches, drew a blank as they were held 0-0 by Beersted. Uh, Deal Town beat Canterbury City, uh, now under management Keith Bird by three goals to nil. It was Tunbridge Wells who came from behind to beat Irith and Belvedere 2-1. Hollands and Blair 3-0 winners over Russell. Uh, only five games in the league at the weekend and all of them involved a clean sheet. Uh, Fisher beat Irith Town 2-0. Holmesdale won at Kennington by the same score. Canterbury 3-0 winners at Lordswood. Danny Lear got a hat-trick in Irith and Belvedere. 4-0 win at Punjab United and Case Ward's 2-0 winners at Tower Hamlets. For the rest of them, it was the Kent Senior Trophy where Glebe beat Deal 2-1 after extra time. Hollands and Blair overcame Rustall 1-0. Luckily, the new hide caused a shot by beating Chatham 2-1. Sheffield United overcame Welling Town 4-1. Uh, talking about the Kent Senior Trophy, actually, the 2020 final takes place on Tuesday. That's right, the 2020 final. Uh, old foes Corinthian and Sheffield at Corns at Chatham uh, Maidstone Motor Stadium. I, I, I don't know about you, Matt, but I can't really see the point in playing this fixture, especially now. If you look back at it, only four of the Sheffield team won through to the final were still at the club. With relations between the two clubs um, strained, I just think it would make sense to null and void it like we did the rest of it. Uh, yes, I don't really understand why, but I presume. Yeah, why? If they've null and voided the competition, why are they not null and voided the cup? But there must be a reason for it. I'm sure both managers will be desperate to get some hands on some trophies. It seems to look like one of those Venn diagrams. So you've got Corinthian and Sheffield playing each other, and Chatham as well. It's one of those things that everybody doesn't really like. Well, doesn't really like each other, I think. Is that the best way of saying it? Uh, there's, there's, there's Acrimony, were they? I, I just get the feeling. This is a cup final. Do you know what I mean? But it doesn't feel like a cup final because they've both got big games either side. Yeah. They're, both, they're in different divisions in yeah. now. And, and as I said, the Sheffield team that made it through and the Sheffield team that's going to be playing in this final are two completely different things. Um, Corinthian, I understand they've got a lot of the players because they haven't had a lot of turnover yeah. players. But... It just seems ridiculous to me. Did they play the 2021 eventually, were they? Or did that even get going? The, the, the 2021 Cup didn't even start. Right, so, so it was pointless. Sorry, you know, I've got a lot of time for the scaffold. It seems... It's not the scaffold, it's the Kent FA. Is, is it? <laughs> the scaffold can't do anything? Well, well. It's, seems, it's, not, it's out of the scaffold's control. It's the Kent FA. Well, Kent, well they play that it. seems... Yeah. Don't turn up. <laughs> you do that? Don't turn up. But I suppose they'll say, do you treat it as just like a... A glorified training session. Maybe I'm being a bit disserviced by saying that, but, but I look at it. Sheffield United are in a. They've seen. They've had a couple of cup games this week. They've seen their title rivals held to a nil-nil draw. If you're Ernie Batten and Sheffield United, cup final or no cup final, against a team who you don't get on with, are you going to send your best players out and run the risk of them or suffering injuries or suspensions or anything like that? I mean, I'm not saying for a second that I think anyone at yeah, Corinthians yeah, is yeah, trying yeah. to nobble them. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Why would you look at it and say, well, I'm going to put out my strongest team? And, and I'm sure Michael Golden, who's, who's Corinthian team, are doing well in the league yeah. above. I'm sure he will feel exactly the same. It just seems to me like it's a game for the sake of having a game. And I'm not saying... I think if it was any other teams, I'd be looking at it thinking, well, what's the point? And why aren't they playing it at one of the team's grounds rather than it's going to just... It's a venue, isn't it? But, but you know, again, my, again, is there people going to travel to this game? Probably not. Again, I don't think the people of Chatham are probably going to go and watch it. So, again, have a little bit of sense. Maybe they could have... Did they have, is this the final that was already planned? So they must knew this back in 2020. No, so, I, well, they, they both finished the final. Right, so what, what did they play in the summer? Who knows? No. Uh, it was... Yeah, it's... Yeah. It's very, very... Yeah, yeah. Well, good, good luck, and hopefully, yeah, good luck. Probably great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Glebe in action as we speak against Tower Hamlets. 1-1 is the latest score there. Yeah. And then on Saturday, Canterbury at home to Fisher. Beerster take on Tower Hamlets. Chatham take on Irith Town. 
It's Crowborough against Lordswood, Irith and Belvedere take on Deal, Hollands and Blair at home to Dwight, uh, Holmesdale take on Sheppey United, it's Case Sports against Wellington, Rustle at home to Punjab, and then on Tuesday night there's a league game as well as that cup final, big one as well. Uh, Deal and Chatham finally try and get that game, which was supposed to be on the opening day. Uh, <laughs> When's that Tuesday, is it? Uh, Tuesday night, yeah. So, big game, yeah. Uh, Chatham losing the Cunt Senior Trophy at the weekend. Uh, yeah. Held to a goalless draw, they'll want to get a result in that one, won't they? Yeah, so that's a game. An awful place to go for them. Yeah, yeah, I think that should be a good game. Kingy will have them up for that. So, again, we think, is it going to settle down this league? It's having a bit of twist and turns when they didn't get the result, Chatham, as well. So, look, I'll be looking out for that, that score, I have to say. In the uh, first division, Stansfield to lead the way after a 4 2 win over Favisham Strike Force. All six goals in that one coming in the thir- final 35 minutes. Uh, Sutton Athletic two points behind, but have played a game more following their 4 0 win at Lidtown. Solden third after their 3 2 win at FC Armistead. In the Greenways won, SC Timothy won, Rodian BP beat Chessington and Hook 2 2. Uh, there is a game tonight as well, Bride and Ropes against Sutton Athletic. Sutton hoping to close the gap at the top, but that one is currently 0 0. Uh, this weekend in that division, Forest Hill Park take on FC Armstead. It's Kent Football United against Two Team Beck. Lockfield and New Hyde at home to Croydon. Lidtown take on FC Thamesmead. Brilliant BP against Sodland Town. Rochester United against Staples Monarch. Stansfield against Brydon Ropes. Sutton Athletic against Clettington Hook. Westside against Greenways. And then four games on Wednesday. Brydon Ropes against Croydon. Faversham Strike Force against Lidtown. Forest Hill Park against Meridian BP. And Westside against Lewisham Borough. So plenty going on. Loads of football this week, the, 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 over the next week, and it's it's almost starting to get to that pivotal time. It's not it, it it's not like the the, the run in yet, but it, it is a sort of time where things can be made made or break with with a, with a, a good run or, or a poor run. Yeah, isn't it? What, what we said game of the week, Dartford Eversley, I would say, massive game for both clubs on there, um, followed by deal against Chatham. Uh, yes, yes, some really good games and. Some teams it'll be as high as a high as a kite by next week, and some teams could be low. But you know, just enjoy the sake if you win a football match because it's great. Absolutely. Let's move on. Uh, and obviously, last week we didn't have a show, but we did do the Kent Nonning podcast trivia quiz. Now, Matt never sent me his answers, so I'm going to test him. Here right, yeah, no, no, yeah, no problem at all, mate. Sorry, Come uh, on, one of them, one of them, if you'll know, because it's about me. Well, of course. So, the first question: uh, How many different guests have appeared on the show before tonight? Two hundred shows. Yep. Mm. 87. You won't believe this. Grant Basie was the 200th really? to appear on the show. That is a different one every week. That is pretty well, good. because obviously some weeks we've had three and four. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's been impressive. Out. How many different clubs have been interviewed for the podcast? 30. 47. 47. Well, 47 clubs. You see, Kent's not a bit of football. 47 yeah. clubs have been on. There have been three official sponsors of the podcast. Can you name them? Nick Cunningham competing. The trophy man. Oh, I can't remember who the last one was. Last season. Oh. You, sort, you sorted last season's out. Jeez. On the um, Nick Cunningham heating, something, something trophies. Was it something trophies? No. It was. Well- oh, it, it was the, um, the, uh, the, the football agency. I can't remember his business name. So we had Workforce Directors. Great business. We had SCSA Sports Management. Great business. And now we've got Nick Cunningham. Nick Cunningham, yeah. So, yeah, they're all great businesses. They've done a great job. Of all the people who sent in their guesses, and there were a few, not one of those sponsors, and I'm not going to say who, not a single person. Yeah, right. But 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 we got something out of it. Thank you. Uh, What remarkable thing happened during episode 33? 
I did read this one. Is that the one where your um, wing mirror got smashed <laughs> off? <laughs> By a lorry driving yeah. past my, when I was parked up in Beersted. Uh, which episode number never appears? Oh, is this is 201 then, was it? Well, no, was this it, is te- was it 127? It was 127. Yeah. And it was your fault, let's not forget. Well, what did I do? Because you sent me the, the number, you sent me the... Oh, right, right. You called it episode 128 and it should have been... 37, yeah, right. uh, Question six, if you don't get this one, what's... Uh, Max Dog is named after which footballer? Salvatore Scalacci. Uh, I would have taken Toto. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, question seven, what is the name of the B&B that me and my partner Hayley run? Is it the Bay Lodge? Bay Lodge Guest House. Yeah. Uh, how many different countries of words for the show have been recorded in by either one of us? Uh, I've done it in Malta. I've done it in Spain. Did I go to Spain? I've done it in Spain. Where have I been on holiday? I can't even remember. Uh, Cornwall. Cornwall, Cornwall, yeah, Malta. Where did I go before Malta? Was it Spain? Yeah, we went to um, uh, Tenerife, I think. Didn't I? I, don't I don't think that was in the podcast. No. The answer's four. Uh, England, Wales, Spain and Malta. Yeah. Uh, I've mentioned my favourite band many times. Who are they? Uh, uh, Biffy Clyro. Yeah. Uh, which form of footballer's hair do you in- inexplicably love? No one's got this right. Jamie Curitan. Jamie Curitan is correct. Uh, aside from... Dunn- I do have another person whose hair I like. Um, not a footballer. Did you ever watch The, pre- the Mentalist with no. um, Patrick... J- if you watched The Mentalist, Patrick no. Jane... Um, uh, Simon Baker is his name. Google him. Lovely hair. Lovely curl. That's what I'd love my hair like that. So I've got a bit of a ma- thing about men's hair. Yeah. Uh, aside from Dover and Bromley, which two clubs have appeared on the show the most often? They've both done 18 times. Corinthian. <laughs> Correct. The other one surprised me, actually, when I was counting through. I didn't think they'd been on as much as they have. Is it deal? It isn't. It is. Folks and Invicta. Yep. Cugley. Yep. Friend of the show, Neil Cugley. And the final question. Name the actor who was mentioned frequently in the early years to try and stop you from calling the Ismail League the Ryman. Devon Bostick. Devon Bostick. Because I only know, because on the way in, there was an advert for Bostick on the radio. And that's what I clicked. I kept think, thinking, was it Devon Ryman or something like that? Because yeah, he, um, he was in the Wimpy Kid films. And we were, that, that's what you had to say. And it was sponsored by the Bostick. I had to remember that. I still don't think it's still sponsored by the Ryman. So, uh, yeah, so, well, the winner of the quiz, you did very well there. I think you got seven or eight points. Yeah. Like Somebody else got more than me? So, well, the, we had to get eight. Uh, I gave them eight points, and that was uh, Dean Sawyer from uh, from the. Oh yeah, uh, he did get points for being the closest of all of us uh, answers to questions one and two, because uh, I think that to actually get them spot on would have been quite. Yeah. Quite did they get my dog? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, no one's people have forgotten about Jamie Curtin though, and yeah. someone you... someone suggested. Uh, I just want to double check what they suggested, but someone did say that your dog was named after Dan Bradshaw, which I think. Was, well. Uh, being facetious yep. but um, and, and also on your dog actually didn't you say go home, it was the first time you've been home and told the dog Dover right exactly and, and maybe this was a sign I'm showing a picture of my phone doesn't die my daughter dressed the dog up in, amazing and thing from here you can describe this picture if I can find it on my phone we are recording this live uh, where is my daughter's text uh, I did send it to my mate actually this is uh, What is my dog wearing? The dog is uh, needs the RSPCA because the dog is wearing a Dover shirt. He's quite happy though, isn't it? I did. I didn't do that. My daughter did for good luck, and it, clearly it worked. So she will be dressed again. <laughs> Excellent. Well, uh, that is pretty much it for the end of the uh, 200 show. I was going to play a game, but uh, I don't think 
Uh, we've got time for that now. So we've already gone on for this is 55 minutes plus uh, thing. So the game would have taken another five minutes. So we'll. we'll, we'll, we'll All right, we'll right. I'll, I'll do like a game next week. Yeah, yeah. We'll play the game another another week. Although it would have been good tonight. So. Yeah, I will. Um, yeah. we'll, but I want to end something as well, John, because this is what I'm doing from this. Okay, go on. That was, that was me last night, mate. Did they play that at the, at the final whistle? No, we were just, everybody was singing the songs, man. This was me. Very good. Um, yes, yeah, so thank you for listening. Thank you, Matt, for uh, buying my curry and yeah. coming out for, uh, this evening in the cold. It's quite nice in this pub, though, I have to say. Did get the heaters on, though, did we? No, but we'll be giving them a shout-out, really. It's been a lovely yeah, pub. We've been in the Bishop's Finger in Canterbury. Very nice. Uh, very nice pub at the bottom of the town, just near the Westgate Towers. Uh, if Canterbury ever get a football club, you could come and uh, watch a game after being here. It's very near the West Station as well, so if you're on your way uh, to Ashford or something like that, you can uh, you can hop on. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. Uh, haven't almost really taken the lead against Tumbridge Angels as Matt has just told me uh, you can find me on Twitter at JohnPips81 and Matt is at Matthew underscore Joe don't forget to check out his viral tweet that's got 107 I've seen it have a couple more during the show LV Bet L- they a big company yeah they've, they've tried they've done it wow you, you are you're too big for this show yeah. mate um, but yeah so that's uh, so that's that and uh, yeah thank you everybody for listening uh, over the past 200 shows thank you to all 200 different guests <laughs> yes yes uh, who have appeared could we get them all lined up one day? When we get to the th- if we get to the thousand show, we want we did think about doing something special today, didn't we? But we did, but it would have been about logistics. Yeah, yeah. Like but we might do something at some point. We might do something like that at the end of a season or something like that. We could try and get some people together and everyone would be friends. But yeah, hopefully um, you've all enjoyed this week's show. Uh, be, I don't know when I'm going to get around to it because I have got to drive home it's two hours oh, um, appreciate that and it's only half an hour for me so I appreciate yeah. that um, but no we'll, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been really good to see you mate and I uh, hope everybody's enjoyed the show thank you uh, to our guests this week as well uh, for joining us and, and of course Matt thank you for 197 or so yeah. uh, episodes yeah and, and for Hody who's done the other X amount but appreciate everybody listening to, again um, it's, it's, a, it's a labour of love but we really absolutely enjoy it and Good luck for all our Kent sides, and of course, we want them all to be successful. So, good luck this week, big, some big games. Absolutely. So, thank you everybody for listening, and we will speak to you all next week on the Kent Only Podcast. Yay, 200! <laughs>